There's our Matthew McConaughey. He's host. in the studio today, folks. After last week's episode, he was so uh, impressed. He decided to stop by. So it's good. Episode 75. We made it. Wow. That is impressive. That is impressive. Almost as impressive as the song we just listened to. You're not talking about our intro song. You're talking about our song from Carmen. Right. Yeah, we had a little. A late, we should comment. have just done that whole discussion on the podcast. People we might should, have enjoyed that. Yeah, they probably would have. About the great. Maybe a lot of our listeners weren't didn't know that Carmen died. Yeah, this was news to you. The it great was to musician me. Just Carmen right yeah. died, and but before that, he was an ardent Trump supporter. Wrote a song called "The Trump Blues," so you can go listen to that. Uh, just be warned. <laughs> Just, just be warned. Anyway, it's not the greatest. I am uh, co-host Graham. You are co-host Jess, and this is episode seventy-five. We had talked about doing a big party for it, and uh, this is it. This is about as partying as we're going to get. Probably on, reflective of the amount of praise and adulation that should happen <laughs> for a podcast of ours. Right, the amount of celebration that's actually happening. Anywhere no. among any people about this podcast. Except for us. Yeah. We're happy about it. So, but I did have a couple of questions I wanted to ask you. So let's think Uh-oh. back over 75 episodes, okay? I'm going to put you on the spot a little bit here. What are, is, one of your favorite moments or episodes from the past three years? Over three years we've been doing this and only have put out 75 podcasts, but can yeah. you think of that? Yeah, I think way back with the one on hospitality. Okay. Where the intro was so over the top. Um, I forgot about that. Yeah, it was just so over the top. It was funny. Yeah. We okay. were all laughing. You're we all laughing. Hysterically. Some of those early ones we were pretty, we thought we were funny in. We were trying to be we funny. We were trying to be funny. Yeah. I The two that come to my mind are, well, the very first one where you and I couldn't look at each other without giggling. I know, yeah, yeah. <laughs> really, I remember that. We, we had to make a conscious effort not to look at each other and not giggle. Because we're like schoolgirls, and then the one episode where, and this is one of the earlier ones too, when Bill was doing this with us, and uh, he played that clip of you that was Tasmania Devil. Oh yeah. And I don't remember. I think it was afterwards we listened to that, and I almost threw up because I took a drink of water just as he right. played that, you know, yeah. and choked on it and darted out the door and went and basically puked in the back lawn where these people were playing on the playground. Yeah. So he. I didn't even know that you did that with people playing on the yeah, playground. Yeah, and I, I then I that. and I locked myself out too. That was the other thing oh, on top that's of it. Hilarious. So there's these strangers on the playground in the back, and I'm standing knocking on the door trying to get inside after just puking in the lawn. <laughs> so yeah, because I do. I remember uh, that because he said, "Well, let's do a recap of what Jess said last week," and it was yeah, yeah. the Tasmanian Devil going blah 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 yeah, yeah, exactly. or whatever. Yeah, yeah. yeah, it was funny. That was pretty funny. It was good. That was but good. some of those earlier ones, like you know. We were working out kind of what we wanted to do yeah. with this and what it, it's maybe, maybe we have matured maybe. as we've come along. And so we don't, we do, we talk about some things that are funny and we chuckle right. and stuff, but it's not like big productions. It, of right. We're not like trying to set up sound clips and all these different kind of things. And if we did it, we try to let it happen a little bit more naturally. Right. Is kind of the idea. And sometimes like last week's episode, actually, where you were making fun of dendrology. Right. That that was pretty funny, I thought too. So I like that. Um, oh, a couple boy. other things. So we, you know, all good, um, you know, entities they have a vision for the future, right? So mm-hmm. our podcast should have one as well. 
one thing I think we should strive for is to have more guests on in the future. We've not had many guests. We're going to swing for the moon. What guests do you want on this podcast? Um, do you think, are you just talking about people we know or you're talking about like having some kind of mega star I, on here or something? Whatever you want. I would need to think about it. But we should be, we have talked about in Paso having people from our church come on and share testimony or, that, yeah. you know, just talk about their history, um, mm-hmm. do different things like that. People that are walking through something or have walked through something uh, unusual or what mm-hmm. have you and how the Lord helped them with that. Okay. We talked about having our wives on. We did. And we never, that's not come to fruition. I don't think it will. Probably not. But there's there's a chance. Uh, what about you, though? You have somebody in mind. Uh, well, I could say things like John Piper or something like that. Of course, wow. that wouldn't happen. But you got to swing for the moon, right? This is vision casting. Right. So you got to have big uh, big ambitions there. I, I wonder, like, with those guys and gals, okay, mm-hmm. the more well-known people, if there's a criteria. Okay, you want me on your podcast, right. who's your listener? Because ours yeah. is for our church, so exactly. it's like very small listener base. Right. And they're like, wait a minute, let me get this straight. You want me to sp- give up an hour of my time to, you know, for whatever, yeah. 25 people? <laughs> I would think so. I'd think there'd probably be a little bit of something like that. Um, any other guests I can think of? Uh, no. Yeah. I mean, it would be nice to have, like, some people that were, like, experts on certain subjects. I think that you might know? be good, yeah. If we're going to, like, if we do a book of the month, have the author of that book on. That right. would be pretty cool. Now, okay, that's good, but like they wouldn't be here. There, you, no, you do the thing, the you do it over the internet, board. right? And some of those, like I was just listening to one the other day, the sound quality is so bad, so we got to make sure that it could be right. It'd be useful. Yeah. My only concern, though, with that, with interviewing somebody of a, you know, as an author or whatever, you you give a bad interview, right? Mm-hmm. You know, like or you you ask bad questions mm-hmm. and it would be a flop and so we would really need to be prepared. Yeah. So uh okay, well, there we go. If anybody knows John Piper and be able to hook him up with our podcast, that'd be cool. Uh one final question. Now we've done this for three years. So we are close to professionals. Pretty close. This. I think there's a lot of a lot of people listen to this that are thinking about starting a podcast of their own. Mm-hmm. What kind of advice would you give to them? Um, advice to aspiring podcasters. I, I I guess I would say listen to a lot of podcasts. Okay. There you go. It, it depends what kind of podcast you want to do too. Yeah. If you're really looking at like lots of people listening and you're going to try to yeah. promote this thing, then mm-hmm. you better listen to a lot of podcasts. Okay. See what you like and don't like. Yeah. On the flip side, I might say don't listen to any podcasts so you can be creative on your own, right? You're not stealing anybody else's ideas or anything like that. You could do that. You can go there out. Try either way. See what happens. (laughs) But once you've tried, like, the listening to lots of podcasts side, you can't go back on that. Right. So, all right. That's all I have. Okay, cool. So are we going to jump into our topic Jump into today? our topic today. So we are going to give you tips and tricks for the best Bible study method out there or something like that. Maybe that's what we should call this podcast. I'm sorry. I was texting somebody. <laughs> say that again. 
<laughs> oh, you're. I, really I was texting this. them saying I'm in a podcast right oh, okay, now. Okay, that's I can't good. Discuss. Yeah, that's good. Uh, no, our our topic today, we're going to talk about how to study your Bible. Yep. And uh, we're going to kind of start just by I wanted to I, I thought people might be interested to know how you prepare for a sermon, mm-hmm. right? Some of the things you go through to do that. And then we're going to work down into talking about uh, maybe how some of these things apply to just people studying on their own. They want to get a better grasp of a passage. Mm-hmm. Maybe they're going to uh, have an opportunity to teach a Bible study or something like that. So uh, that's what we want to do. So All let's right, start. When good. you, uh, you're uh, it's Tuesday morning, you're mm-hmm. getting ready for the coming Sunday. Mm-hmm. What do you do? Well, in, and to it, it, a lot of this depends on, you know, what I'm preaching sure. on, yeah. what passage, all that kind of thing. But um, really the the study begins, um, okay, so let's say right now I'm in Romans, right? Right. I've already done some very important things right. when I open up the tech to the next little paragraph right. that we're going to look at. So let me start with that. Okay. So what you have to do is wherever you're at in the Bible, I'm, I'm looking, first of all, for the context. So I do mm-hmm. a lot of study. When I was going to start Romans, I read through Romans in its mm-hmm. entirety. Um, and then I, I read, uh, good introductions to the book. Yes. Yeah. So that comes from every commentary, uh, has an introduction to the book that mm-hmm. deals with, uh, context, uh, author, date, all those kinds of things. And, um, and so I start with that. I I kind of get that bigger picture context, and then you can work your way down into the portions that I'm at. So let's say though I'm going to look at Romans one sixteen and seventeen. I because I've taken Greek, the first thing I do with a passage like that, I'll write it out in Greek. Okay. And then I'm using Logos, which is a Bible software program to understand the words and understand the. Uh, and I have a Greek grammar and different things that I'm looking up like the Greek of it. And so how Greek. it's used in other places. Right, yeah. And also like uh, making grammatical decisions of the use of particular nouns and, you know, mm. verbs and the tense mm-hmm. of verbs and all those kinds of things. And then I have a Greek commentary that does that. So, but most people don't have the right. Greek background. And, and usually just so you know, you come up with about what you see in the translation. So <laughs> it, it is, but I, it's... All that for naught. Right. But uh, you do see as a preacher, you can see things yeah. and helps you then even form points down sure. the road. But so, um, and I'm just kind of saturating myself into that passage mm-hmm. And uh, already making notes on the different connections and how it connects to the rest of the book, mm-hmm. which is really important because mm-hmm. you don't want to just take it into isolation. And uh, and then once I've done my own exegesis of what I think it means mm-hmm. uh, and that I can start doing some form of outline that usually just pops in my head. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's usually by Wednesday, Thursday-ish. And I can start outlining how that would the best way I can break that up for the people and then applications flow in from that. Um, and I just, I think one of the key words with it is just meditation on a text Mm. and Mm -hmm. meditation is where you're just, it's just mulling it over Mm. and connecting it to other passages in the scripture and, um, and, and then the spirit of course just gives guidance into where it can Mm. write out a sermon and Mm. then I preach it. So, um, it's it's usually like that. Okay. And uh, and and sometimes though Matthew was a little different because it was a much bigger yes. portions we would take. So I didn't always have the time to spend in the initial, you know, 
yeah. Greek stage and that kind of thing with it. But depending on what you're in is right. kind of going to dictate how you, yeah. you know, how, how detailed you're going to get in the nuances of the Greek and all that. Right. Cause even in, when you're good, when we were in a narrative, we're in Matthew and you got a half a chapter you're doing, you're not as concerned about the grammar. You're right. really not because right. it's not designed to worry that much about right. it. And it doesn't come into play very much. Yeah. You're more like, okay, Jesus just did this. What mm. does this mean? And how do we apply it type of thing? Mm. Um, so that's a little different. So, you know, just generally you're looking at context. Um, and that includes the genre of a book. You know, it's like you're going to look at Romans different than you do the Psalms. Right. Or different than Matthew, what kind of literature is this? Mm -hmm. Author, date, audience, occasion. You just keep working your way down into the actual words themselves, and and then you form a a sermon from that. Okay, is uh, is how I kind of approach that. And I work on sermons every day, um, other than like Mondays usually. Uh, But I'm working on. I'm working on it a little bit every day. So okay. two to three hours a day. Okay. Because I can't, I'm not the type of guy that can just. Like for eight hours straight. Yeah. yeah. I, I listen to guys and they've said like, I just do my sermon prep on Friday. I'm like, yeah. What? <laughs> and I mean, as a matter of fact, John Piper was one that said that like, yeah. he'll spend all day Friday as long as it, he's like, even if it goes into the night, I just write my sermon on Friday. I'm yeah. like, I can't do that. No. I need, I need a little bit every day. Yep usually in the morning yep. to, you know, saturate my soul and I have enough time to think through it and how it applies. Mm-hmm. I just, it, if it's the way the spirit works for me or it's my brain and how it functions, I can't just r- do that unless I absolutely had to Yeah, in a day. Yeah. I, I'm the same way in the sense that I, you know, about every, uh, in the mornings is my prime time mm-hmm. and I can do about four hours and then my brain is about done. Right. Yeah. And and then I need to either study something else or work on something else. Yeah. And I think with sermon prep, and this is a little different than Bible study maybe, right. but with sermon prep to me, it's very, it has to be relational, spiritual with God. Mm. So it's not mechanical in the sense of I can't just, I can do some of it. I can do some of sermon prep when I'm not feeling it, quote mm-hmm. unquote. But mm-hmm. if I, but I can't. It's just really hard for me. I don't know how to describe that, honestly. Okay, how do you how do you cultivate that? How do you keep it from, like, how how is it devotional, spiritual? How do you help cultivate that? I guess I think just prayer. Okay, I mean, yeah. I, when I say that, I mean throughout the time you're saying, I'm like, right. God, help me with this. Help mm. me for your people. Let me be excited about this. Let mm. me see this. Um, and I think that how that that's making it that relational element with God, and then. I, I can't, it's hard for me to just sit down in my head and type out a sermon. Hmm. All right. So I, I'm a lot of time I'm doing it. I'm speaking out loud to myself yeah. and I'm working yep. through this out loud. Cause I'm, I'm a stud when I would study too, even in school, college and that it was like, I had to say things out loud yeah. and hear them and that. So it's just very interactive for yeah. me. And that like, for me, I have to write things in order to help, uh, form my thoughts. Yeah. So it's the kind of same thing as saying it out loud. I'm just saying it through my fingers. Right. Right. So, um, so that's how I prepare for a sermon in general. Mm -hmm. And I think there's a lot of cross from that into Mm -hmm. studying for yourself. Yeah. I think so too. Right. So, which is what we kind of want to lead into like 
like that. Do you have anything to add to that when you're preparing? Um, no, I think the only thing that I would do that would be different is because I'm not Greek speaker reader, right? Mm-hmm. So I, I, uh, and I'm a very visual. So for me, like it's helpful to print out the text mm-hmm. and then to start highlighting it and uh, marking it up yeah. to help see correlations, to help you know, emphasize things, just starting, like, I just start writing down thoughts. Yeah, and I do that, too. That's really helpful. That's really helpful for me, and I think that if you're not a a Greek scholar, right, you know, the English text is good, (laughs) you know, and there are, and at the same time, there are a lot of uh, resources, so, like, I use an interlinear Mm -hmm. uh, that I have that I can go and click and see that word, and I can go see other usages of it, so there are helpful tools like that that I think that are available to any lay person. Yep. Um, so those things are helpful, but for me, just being able to see the, the, the text itself, marking it up, things like that. And then also starting to develop outlines. My mind just thinks in that way. So, yeah. And I think this, let's put this in here because we made a decision of what we're going to do this summer, our summer activity. That's right. Yeah. So this summer you and I are going to, um, for me, relearn Mm -hmm. and for you learn Hebrew. Mm Mm-hmm. And because uh, this I, is a this is an accountability moment, right? Our right. podcasters can keep us accountable. I think it's a good idea because what we're going to do is set aside, you know, maybe three times a week, maybe an hour each that we'll sit down and we'll watch a lecture on because mm-hmm. we can do this online. Now, there's so right. many resources online and then we'll be memorizing the alphabet and the vocab together right. and then we'll be learning all the parts right. of speech and that kind of yep. thing. And um, and I had I had a few semesters of Hebrew and uh, I've lost it. It's like, to yeah. me, it's like, um, it is like algebra. When I was <laughs> doing it every day and I was in it and practicing it, I was good at it. Within a month or two, I couldn't pass an algebra <laughs> exam to save my life, right? Even when I was doing algebra, I wasn't good. <laughs> so I don't know. There's not a whole lot of hope. Well, with language, doing. algebra, anything like that, yeah. it's every day. Yeah, you got to use it. Every single day, you got to be going through your vocab. You got to be studying it. You got to be trying out things. So, right. but anyway, that'll be fun this mm-hmm. summer. And, uh, because I do think languages matter mm-hmm. in the sense of, um, and God, you know, breathed uh, out the new Testament and, and Greek and the old Testament Hebrew. Yep. And, uh, and that, and I think that we, you know, it's helpful. It's always helpful and enriching. Yeah. I think even with the Hebrew text, it'll be enriching. Right. And, um, well, I think that in the, the goal of all Bible studies, so whether you're preparing to, to preach a sermon or just right. for yourself, is to understand the text fully, right? Right. You want to understand it because these are the very words of God and we don't want to misinterpret them. We don't want to misapply them, right? So that's why we want to get to the root of the text. So, And that's a good segue into what we're going to talk yeah. about, right? Because right. what are we doing in Bible study? Honestly, what uh, your goal, like what you just said, the goal is, um, well, at its heart, the goal of all Bible study is to figure out what God has said mm-hmm. to us, right? Mm-hmm. And and to connect that with the rest of the Bible right. better and then to apply it into our lives. Because right. it doesn't do us any good if all of our, if we're hearers of the word, not doers. Right. So it's just to know the Bible more, to know God more, mm-hmm. and to obey him more in our lives and glorify him more right. in our lives. Right. So even with a sermon, I'm asking the question, I'm thinking like, as I'm preparing it, let's say in Romans, I'm like, if Paul were sitting in the congregation mm-hmm. and he were listening to me, would mm-hmm. he agree with what I was saying? Like, yeah. am I am I representing what he was saying? Yeah, exactly. And that's that's a good goal. And beyond that, then the divine author were saying, 
but God, does right. God agree with right. what I'm saying? Right. And that's a really humbling thing, especially when you're a public teacher, right. to think about, like, Jesus is there right. among his people. Mm. And, mm. you know, I got to make sure that I'm asking a question, is this what is this what the Bible says? Right. Because that's our goal, to know what God has said, right. so we can know God more, glorify God more in our lives. Uh, so let me... Now, the way we're going to kind of talk about study and such here, is this something people would do every day, do you think? Or is this... Because uh, I, I, in my mind, like I kind of have a distinction between maybe a devotional reading... Right, that's good. ...and a, a, a studying to really understand and comprehend a passage. And that's a good distinction. Most people aren't going to study, study... Right. ...every day. No. ...at every season of their life. Right. Yeah. But there's going to be times and seasons, you know, I think that... Uh, well, I was talking with uh, Dale yesterday about their Bible study. They're doing word studies, right? So they're mm-hmm. reading through books of the Bible multiple times in a week, looking for all these usages of words. That's a great, yeah, that's a great thing to do. That's one form of a study. Uh, I do think the the more that you actually study your Bible deeply and know it, you can read it devotionally better, right? You know, yep. you can uh, understand more of the context and what's being said and who's being spoken to and who's saying it and how that applies. Right. Um, so I think there's that distinction, but so we're not really talking about studying, reading devotionally today as much right. as studying. Yeah. And not only will, okay, not only will your study enrich your reading daily, mm-hmm. but your reading will enrich your study. Yeah. Because, you know, when you're, when you, if let's say you decided you're going to study Romans, well, if you're actually going to be studying that, mm-hmm. your daily reading, it, wherever you are, you're going to see that connecting to Romans. Yep. And it, so it goes back <laughs> and true. forth. It's just the more you're in the Word, the more it's yep. going to uh, be profitable to you in both ways, right? So yeah. so here's three steps that I'll throw out here that I yeah. think are, are good. And this would be like what we would often call an inductive Bible study method, but you have observation, interpretation, and application, mm. right? And so observation is kind of what you were talking about, what I was talking about, as far as you're getting the Greek, you're looking at the words, what they mean, the tense and the nuance of those things. I'm printing it out, and I'm circling things and drawing lines and all of that. I'm observing things, you know. And Would that begin with... Would that begin with context and that kind of thing? Yeah, I think all of that. You're, okay. You, so observation is observing the text itself, and and with that, you got to observe where it's at in the mm-hmm, text. Mm-hmm. And and I think it's helpful if you're starting into a book, you're observing the historical setting, mm-hmm. yep. um, the writer. You're trying to determine who's writing it. Uh, all all of those different things because that just gives you a good, you know, it's helpful to know when you're reading Ephesians that Paul's writing it from jail, right? You know, and what's interesting, and I'll mention this, like, even in the Bibles we have in our in the pews that mm-hmm. are in our church, it has an introduction to the letter. Yeah. There there's so many resources to get the context yes. out there. And um, uh, your regular Bible like this, a yep. good study Bible, yep. I use the ESV study Bible all the time. just going to plug that. Yep. If, you, if you're looking for a study Bible, that is hands down the best study Bible out there. In my opinion, it is. Period. Like nobody can have any other. Nobody can have any other opinion. It is just so good in a number of ways. It does what a study Bible should do. And actually, you don't have to agree with everything in it. Right. But it is going to give you content on everything in there. It has so many charts. It has so many maps. And just, it's really helpful. Not only that, when you come to passages that have disagreement in the church, they'll present present all the options. Yes. It then will say, 
it's it could it, you know it's probably pointing to this, but at least it laid out the other options. Right, and it has historical context, good introductions to each book. Yeah, I I use it. It's my devotional Bible, hmm. and it's so helpful. Sometimes you'll it be in an obscure Old Testament passage, mm-hmm. and I'm like, what in the world? And I don't have a ton of time, but right. I can look down at the notes, yep. say. Oh, well, that makes sense. You right. know, that's, you know, whatever. So it's just really, I recommend it. So if we're talking about observation, you're observing the context, the author, all those things. The other thing you're obs- I, that I'm observing are like keywords. So repeated yep. words, yep. repeated phrases, uh, uh, concluding statements. You know, if you're reading a passage and you're not really getting what he's saying, but then you see at the bottom, there's a concluding statement. John, I think about in first John, he does this all the time. Like he, he has an introduction statement, a body, and then a concluding statement. And those help you understand what's being said in the middle. So you're looking for those kind of things. You know, that's going to be the therefores, the um, phrases like that. Yep. Um, what are the, anything else that you're thinking of in, in the it, observation in phase? The, yeah, in the observation, would we be answering the question? Because there's different ways to approach this. What the text says? Yeah, right. Okay. Yeah. That's where you're you're answering the question, what does this say? Right, exactly. Right. Uh, the other thing that I think, and this might be observation and interpretation, but as you're, well, for one, you're just reading the text a lot, right? Mm-hmm. You need to saturate yourself in it. That's going to help you understand it. And you could read it in multiple translations. You could read it out loud. Yeah. Uh, all of that's going to help you. In true study, saturation is so important. Right. Uh, mulling it over and over. In a lot of ways, by the time you get done, you should almost have that passage memorized. Right. Yeah. Right. Or at least have a pretty good idea that you could. Yep. Especially if it's a smaller passage, you yep. know, something like that. The other thing that I'm observing is I'm looking for uh, connecting verses, right? Mm-hmm. So I'm thinking, well, that sounds a lot like what's said over here, yep. or this is the exact opposite of what was said over here, mm-hmm. right? So those are, you're observing those differences. And that's where another, uh, a study Bible comes in handy because they not only have notes, but right. it has those, it has a lot of connecting verses, right. cross-references. Right in there so you can actually they do some of that work for yes. you but if you're familiar with your bible that often will right. come to you on your own right exactly yeah so cross references right in short okay that's observation the second thing would be interpretation mm-hmm. so this is your asking it okay i've i know what it says but what does that mean right and can you explain the difference <laughs> yeah well <laughs> it's kind of uh it does seem kind of vague but like um um when you when you're thinking about what something says, you've got like this just this surface level of yes. what is happening. But right. th- take the Gospels as an example sure. of this. So a narrative that's yeah, a good e- that's example. Good. Yeah. Uh, Jesus just did this. That's clear, right? He just fed you five thousand five thousand people. people and that and um, it. But what does this mean? Yeah, and that's where. Um, with a narrative, it's going to look a little different than what it would with your if you're in the Psalms or yes. if you're studying a New Testament book or what have you. But um, what does it mean? Means you should be able to explain not just what it says, but its implication okay. um, yeah. and uh, theological conclusions yes. and different things right, like right. that. Right. And and this is where I think again, yeah, the genre that you're in. Which is another part of observation. We should have mentioned that, right? That you need to know what kind of writing this is. But like in Romans, Paul is often like interpreting for you in many ways, wouldn't you say? Yeah. It's kind of there yep. for you, but the narratives are different. Uh, I'm thinking about Habakkuk and preaching that, right? You got to make some interpretation about what right. he's saying because right. you can read it, but it doesn't make sense. So that you have to 
interpret what he's saying. Because that's why what it means sometimes Paul will actually answer for you where he, where he says, therefore. Right, exactly. And that also could be the application. Yeah. That is probably the third part right. we're going towards, right? Yeah. Not just the interpretation, but the application. Right. Yeah, that'd be the next part. Yeah, and sometimes the text does that for you. Yeah. So that's interpretation. So then what about application? What is it that you're trying to do when you're applying yeah. the passage? What is the text telling you to do? Right. Or what is a proper response? Right. Is it just believe it? Yeah. Is it praise God for it? Yeah. Is it, uh, you know, change a way of thinking mm-hmm. and a way of life? Mm-hmm. Uh, therefore, do this mm-hmm. and don't do that anymore, mm-hmm. right? Um, and sometimes, like we said, the text answers that. And this is where I think... Um, we need the spirit. Yes. Well, we need the spirit along this whole line. Yep. But the spirit, one of the things that he does in us is leads us to that application sometimes for our own life. Mm-hmm. So I was just reading something the other morning, just casually reading it in the Bible, and a phrase stuck out that wasn't, I mean, it wouldn't even be in the context of what it necessarily yep, hit me, but exactly. there was this application to me of this is what I got to do yeah. in response to mm-hmm. this, right? Well, where does that come from? I think that comes from yeah. the Spirit leading well, us. I, I was reading, um, oh, it's a book I'll mention here in a minute. Uh, and they were talking about how there's, uh, you know, like there there's like eternal application to some passage in the sense of like where it's a command, do not do this and do this instead. But then there are some things that are more, and I guess I'd use the phrase subjective in the sense that it applies for a specific moment in time for what you're what you're going through, right? So you read something in the prophets or whatever, and a line stands out to you, you know, like that speaks to my heart right now in this situation. Right. And that's, that's a different form of application mm, right. that is maybe not everybody's going to read that and see the same thing, mm-hmm. you know, right. as abstain from sexual immorality. Well, everybody yep. gets that, yep. but not everybody's going to understand how this reference applies to, you, you know, so that's, that's the uniqueness. And I guess that's the livingness of the scripture. When we talk, when Hebrews talks about, being a living and active thing. That's right. And that's, that's what, what people, if you, if they will give this a try, yeah, if they'll give Bible study a try, cause it's work, it, it takes work yep. and time. But when the, when the spirit opens up something to you or you see something in a new light or you see something you hadn't seen before, or you know, the spirit is dealing directly with you there. It's really exciting and uh, I think about what the psalmist wrote, Psalm 119, 18, open my eyes that I may behold wondrous things out of your law. In other yeah. words, as I'm looking into it, you, you know, open my eyes to this right. and give me the the thrill of discovery right. or knowing that you're talking to me directly from your word or communicating right. to me or, or working in my heart. Paul prayed for the Ephesians, Ephesians 1, he said, for this reason... Because of I, I have heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love toward all the saints. I do not cease to give thanks for you, remembering you in my prayers, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give you the spirit of wisdom and of revelation in the knowledge of him, having the eyes of your hearts enlightened. Yeah. And that's just showing, like, when we're in studying about the knowledge, to get the knowledge yep. of God, we need the Spirit's direction yep. to open it up to us. And that is, like you mentioned, that joy of discovery. There's joy and delight to be found in God's Word. Mm-hmm. And that when when you do this hard work of unfolding the text and really trying to get it, and it, and it and it opens up to you in a new way, you're like, 
or not in a new way, but in a way you have not seen before, you understand it better. You go like, wow, this is amazing. That's right. Yeah. You know, um, like I think I've mentioned to you a couple times and maybe to our old Testament survey class studying through the old Testament as I have over the last couple of years, you come to the conclusion. There's no way this book could be man-made yep. none whatsoever. Yeah. Um, and that's, that's a product in my heart and mind of Bible study, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. Um, I do want to just for a second, I think what, think about what keeps people from doing this because I think a lot of people don't do this mm-hmm. and they try to read their Bibles devotionally and it's sometimes hard because then they don't know how to study for one. Mm-hmm. They've never really applied themselves in that way. Um, so a couple of things that come to my mind. One is the, I don't have enough time mm-hmm. uh, to that. I think like we do, we just got to make time for it. Mm-hmm. You know um, the other thing is, is they don't see the need for it. Right. Right. So you don't like, isn't that your job? Right. <laughs> You're mm-hmm. the pastor. Mm-hmm. Aren't you supposed to teach me? Um, you know, yeah. I think that's a, that's a common thing. And then thirdly, you don't have an application. And I do think this is where, uh, you know, you and I study largely because we have, uh, places that we need to be able to teach and communicate. Mm-hmm. So you have an outlet for that. Mm-hmm. So, you know, if that's the case, I would find somebody that doesn't know the Bible as well as you and help them study and you study it right. together, yeah. right? Give you an outlet for it. Yeah. And this is where too, like, you know, our small groups, our Bible studies are helpful because sure. they give you, get you into that accountability structure that you're looking at it mm. every time you get together or whatever. Mm-hmm. And you can use that as sure. your study. And we recognize, um, not everybody has the same amount of time. Right. Uh, and that kind of thing to actually study. Right. And I think, um, and I, and you know, we, we extend a lot of grace in that because sometimes right. seasons of life come and go and, but you know, I would just say if a, a certain book of the Bible, without putting like guilt on people to do, mm-hmm. you're just, you just say, look, ha, has anything stuck out to mm-hmm. you recently that you would like to dig into a little yeah. more? Or would you like to dig in a little bit more, uh, you know, in, in, a, in Romans since we're mm-hmm. in it or whatever, then I would just say, you know, begin a study of it. Yeah. You know, and to begin with what we're talking about here, what's the context of it and get some re- good resources yeah. um, and uh, just saturate yourself in a text for a while on some of your spare time. Yeah. In addition, don't don't neglect your your daily Bible reading just as normal, but like maybe, you know, an hour in the evening or maybe a little bit on the weekends or a day off or whatever. Yeah. I mean, just, you know, just or begin studying a passage and you'll even, s- see the fruit of that. Even, um, you know, you could incorporate this in your devotional time. Right. You know, like uh, apply some of these same principles of observation. Mm-hmm. You read the same passage for an entire week, yeah, and mark it up. And uh, you know, as part of your study, one day you're going to read a commentary yeah. on that passage. Yeah, you know, things like that. That's been helpful to people. I've heard of pe- you know people do that. They'll get a good yep. commentary on yep. a book I've of the Bible. That. Somebody did with that with Leviticus, mm-hmm. and every day they just read a chapter of that. Yeah. And the commentary on it, and it was helpful. Yeah. That is study. I yes, mean, if I, I'm saying like you know, um, if you're giving yourself to a, uh, a book of the Bible or a passage or whatever for a period of time, that's studying it. Right. And you can also utilize um, teachers. So in other words, if um, you know you want to listen to some lectures or sermons. Yeah. Some lectures or sermons that's helping you study as well. And that's all stuff I do every week. I listen to something Mm. usually on the passage Mm. I'm preaching on. It's helpful. Mm. Uh, I do that for me. I do it after I've already formed my sermon Yeah, because I don't like to do that 
before and then it influences right. yeah, exactly. what I'm but, but <laughs> right. it, that's just for studying for preaching yeah. you don't yeah. have to worry about that no. if you're not preaching no. you just saturate yourself it. on passage you want to understand it more and and um and you may find a different rhythm mm-hmm. keep the main things in mind context yep how it relates to, you know, keywords, all those yep. things we were talking about, how it relates to the rest of the book, how it relates to the Bible, all that kind of stuff. But but you can kind of find your own niche and yeah. your own way of doing this that will be profitable for you. Uh, one other thing just on this, and then if you have any resources for people, let's touch on those. Uh, you can do, so we've talked about kind of an inductive Bible study, which is the observation, interpretation, application. You could also do like thematic, which is kind of what I did last week with the mm-hmm. Isaiah, right? You're looking at themes, uh, images, and you're tracing those. You could do a word study. Mm-hmm. So you're just taking one word, right? I want to look at every usage of the word love in the mm-hmm. Bible. You could do that, and mm-hmm. that'd be really profitable. Mm-hmm. Uh, so there's different types of study. Uh, but I think we should recommend some resources for people to maybe help them. Is there okay. any? I've got a couple, and you can think of some if you don't have any written down because I didn't prep you for this. Yeah, like I said, if, you, if the number one thing I would get is a good study Bible, yeah. and the one I recommend is the ESV yep. study Bible. I second that. So if you're just going to begin studying. Yes. Um, if you're going to begin studying a book, mm-hmm. there are resources on that. We recommended one for our church for we Romans, did. the look. Read, Mark, Learn. Read, Mark, Look. Read, Mark, Learn. Read, Mark, Learn. Series. Series, yeah. And we recommend the one on Romans. Yeah. I that, And I would say that I don't know how many others they have. I know they have John, which is really good. I've been using that one. Yeah. And they have Luke. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure what else, but those are good good commentaries. Yeah, anything. So it's looking like anything they're putting out for that is probably going to be yeah. pretty good just to help you study just through. Just to help you study that. Uh, a couple other reasons. There's a book, and I've not read it in a long time. I flipped through it the other day called How to Study Your Bible by K. Arthur. It's an inductive Bible study method book, and it's really helpful. And it has a lot of those, especially in the observation stuff, it's mm-hmm. really going to help you and give you some good uh, ways to like mark your text up in order to and just tell you, like, this is what you're looking for. Right. Right. And that's a big thing. If you don't know what you're looking for, you're kind of lost. Um, there's another book called One-to-One Bible Reading, which ha- has um, some really helpful questions that you can ask depending on what kind of narrative you're in. So if you're in a narrative, these are the kind of questions you want to ask. If you're in apocalyptic, these are the kind of questions you want to ask. Yeah. Uh, and that book is also designed to help you read the Bible with somebody else, right? Mm-hmm. So a discipleship kind of thing. So it's a dual, here's how you study your Bible, here's how you help study, how, how you help somebody else. Um, you could also get, even there's Bible software like uh, Olive Tree Bible Study mm-hmm. uh, software, uh, Logos. Uh, there's, there's so many online resources to help you study your Bible. It's yeah. ridiculous. It is. We've got a lot now. Anyway, that's uh, some thoughts on Bible study. Anything else? No, I mean, there's there's a million other things we could say. Yeah. But um, just to get people thinking about it, I think is this is where we'll begin. We've said 900,000. It's taken us almost 40 minutes, so we should probably stop. Yeah. That's cool. A, all right. Sounds good. Well, we want our people to be saturated in the Word of God, to love the Word of God, and to study it for themselves. And that's what we hope this podcast helps to do we love to hear from our listeners so you can email us at the calvarycast at gmail.com if you're a part of our church come up and talk to us send us a text or give us a phone call at calvary we exist for the glory of god the good of his people and the great commission until next time